Welcome! This is Seminar 51, the commentary. Um, I'm the director, Paul Brueggemann, and with me today I have... Susan Bridges! And we also have... Frank Harbuck III, but I go by Knarf. There you go. <laughs> Alright, I can't even hear the episode. It'd be great if I could hear the episode. There it yeah. is! There you go. Okay. So, we have uh, a couple kind of contrasting um, writing this time. Um, as in, um, I guess Susan's is a bit lighter, whereas Frank's is a bit darker and a bit more for the horror genre. Um, maybe just a little. Maybe a little. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard the episode yet, go back and listen. I know you say that every time, but whatever. All right. Um, and we have the rapper this uh, time around where we have a couple flashbacks trying to explain where uh, where Klaus von Schlemenderfield has come from. And um, uh, if you haven't gotten caught up with the rappers, I'd suggest going back and trying to understand where those are coming from. Um, I can choose a name for myself. And I don't actually know what else to say here. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to ramble, stall for time until we get to Frank's short, so he can talk. Um, You're like, that's it. Let's let's whistle. <laughs> okay. And whistle while you work. Uh, I prefer Lord. Nice. I was born a rambling man. <laughs> All right, and yeah, we have Seth Adam sure as student three, and Kristen Bays as the tutor. Uh, All right, and we're into Frank's short. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give us a brief introduction? And well, not a brief. You know, you can explain as much as you want. It's your short. Uh, uh, all right. Well, basically, well, you said horror. I guess that it kind of is a horror piece, but actually, it's in my view, it's more of a science fiction piece. Okay. Right. But yeah, it does have elements of horror in it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that brings up a good point. The it's kind of like the reanimating, like kind of like Frankenstein's monster, I guess. Well, that was one of the inspirations for the story was Frankenstein. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because I, you know, you get a kick out of the ending. It's what you least suspect. But I like to raise the point: who is the real monster, the creation or the creator? Mm-hmm. And uh, where where did you actually come up with the idea for the whole the whole um, butterfly bit? I mean, is there like significance to that, or is it just your mind? I well, I like to you know, like with my writing, I like to throw people a curveball, something they never saw coming. You know, like I didn't they, see that coming. Yeah, because you know, like I like people to assume they've got it figured out already, and when it comes to the actual climax. I love them for to do a double take and like, what the hell is right, that? Right. And so I had to think of, well, what's the one thing that could be a monster that you would never suspect to be a ferocious creature or to be able to exact this kind of revenge as the creature does in my story? And believe it or not, I was watching an old episode of The Simpsons. We we're just joking around and Bart was talking about reincarnation. And he was going on how he'd like to be reincarnated as a butterfly. And during his flashback, it shows the school is burned down and him as a butterfly holding a gas can. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know what? I remember no one... that. <laughs> yeah, and I thought no one would suspect a butterfly of being 
you know, a monster causing carnage and all that. So mm-hmm. I thought that's my that's a perfect monster to put in here. Yeah, Very but, interesting. Yeah, so that was two out of three inspirations for this. The the other inspiration was the a meatloaf song called "The Monsters Loose." Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I I was having a hard time trying to figure this out because I already had the idea in my head. I was trying to figure out its layout basically, and I just popped in Meatloaf. He's one of my favorite singers, and I heard the monsters loose, and all of a sudden everything just started falling into place, and I just started writing it. Hmm. Yeah, I come from a long line of musicians, so music helps me work. Like the song we were singing. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, Disney's okay. I'm I like Disney films. I'm not a big fan of all the music. I'm more into Beatles, Rolling Stones, Jethro Tull, Meatloaf, and you know stuff like that. But yeah, but I like I like the how you don't suspect it. And at first, you think it's more like a ghost story. Mm-hmm. You know, so, sort of like Poltergeist or something with the way everything's being, you know, being destroyed, knocked over. And right. Yeah. When I was reading it, I thought it was the, uh, his partner who might've come back for revenge on something. I didn't know what, but. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I guess the partner isn't dead because it explains early on that he's been taken to. A, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's been taken to a psychiatric institute. You know, he's, Basically, everyone thinks he's Looney Tunes, like they think of of the do- this doctor at the end. But uh, you know, I, that's the thing. I like I just said, I like to throw audience a curveball. It sounds like a ghost story, and then all of a sudden, here comes the curveball you never saw, and then you got a choice to either make sure it hits you in the face or hits you in the nuts. <laughs> Sorry, bad baseball memories. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the character Ian is actually based off a friend of mine. I got his permission to use his name before I ever started writing, but... Oh, yeah, I was going to ask about names. Yeah, because, you know, he, the way he acts just reminds me of a goof, of a neurotic scientist. And I based the scientist off of him, so... And I used my friend's first name and came up with a last name out of nowhere, but... That's how I like to show my friends they're still on my good list. Is I like to put them in my stories. Yeah, that that seems to be uh, pretty popular in the in the seminar shorts. They base them on people they know or have met. Yeah, because <laughs> well, let's face it, they, we know some people that they make good characters and stories, and other people would think that kind of person doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't used any of my family yet, thank God, because they, they'd either try to demand royalties or they would try to kill me. <laughs> okay, now this was hard right here, trying to figure out all the destruction this little critter would cause, because, you know, I, I was thinking more elaborate scenes at first, then I had to stop myself and think, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's a butterfly, I got it. You know, I'm thinking all this grand stuff. I'm thinking, no, gotta think smaller. Gotta think smaller. Right. <laughs> and here's where the wife gets it. <laughs> yeah. The uh, very nice screaming. Yeah, she gave me a whole take. 
of just her screaming. It was about five minutes or so. And, uh, oh, a lot shorter than mine. Uh, <laughs> for one story, I mean, for one pendant thing, I was an extra. Mm-hmm. And my character has a death cry. You know, he gets killed. He's like, ugh. And I did about nine, ten takes of different death groans. <laughs> yeah, she did the same. Well, you had her screaming a lot, too, in different different parts of the story. So she just gave me one big one. And I just went, um, just can't come in back to that one. So it was kind of convenient. Get different kind of screams. Yeah. Okay, now right here, when he gets the shotgun and he says the threat about how I'm not a violent man, but I'm going to enjoy shoving this mm-hmm. down your... Th- that's actually based off of my father. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my father was a nice guy. If you were his friend, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Mm-hmm. If you if you were on his, you know, crap list, then you stay out of his way. I gotta say, I've only heard I'm not a violent person from truly frightening people. Oh, well, <laughs> well, my dad was a character. Let me put it this way. His two biggest heroes in life were Dr. Hannibal Lecter and Vlad the Impaler. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Pleasant. <laughs> and he was a major Anne Rice fan, too. Hmm. Oh, yeah, my dad was, was a big vampire nut, probably because he had been born legally dead, but that's a story for another time. Hmm. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Susan and I make cameos in this one. Oh yeah, right. She's uh, she's the receptionist at the beginning, and I'm the cop that you heard just there. Oh, yeah. Well, I and didn't know that. Huh. Ended up playing those characters. It was fun too. Team effort. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this is the last good seminar story for right now. I've hit a writer's block, so. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to break through it with a dull chisel and hammer, so. <laughs> I hear that. Actually, I don't. I don't write. <laughs> what am I saying? Oh, silly. Okay, I think we're going to Susan's story now. Mm-hmm. So it's time for me to sew my mouth shut and let her talk. No. Chime in anytime, Frank. <clears throat> Are you sure? My voice is so bad it cracks paper. <laughs> I like this one. This one was fun. I like I like scenes with two people. I really like the music. I thought it was fun. Oh, good. I, good. Well, I actually like the female, the princess character in here. I forget who plays her. I didn't get any names. I just got I just got lines. So you're saying I can't see it from here? She sounds familiar. I'm I'm gonna look it up, just because. Look it up. Yeah, if I can. Well, she's, well, the the princess character sort of reminds me of my favorite you know, cartoon character when I was in high school, Daria. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why. I just like, you know, girls that just say it like it is and aren't afraid to just tell people what they're thinking. I don't see a name. But yeah, good on you. For- was it Hannah? I'm trying to remember now. Now I feel bad. Yeah, me too. Well, like we'll get, well, we'll get it this way. I'll say who it is at the end of the show when That's the credits yeah, are rolling. Say. I know it's Richard Casto as the uh, the prince. Yeah, he does a good cheesy happily ever after prince. That's even more comforting. I don't follow you. 
Where did you uh, come up with the idea, Susan, for this short? You know, it just kind of... It was one of those things where I wrote most of it in just one sitting. Uh-huh. Just like, because, like, I'm a... I'm actually a really big fan of um, Alice in Wonderland, so you can see it kind of started out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, with the with, cat coming up. With the cat, and then she was talking to the cat, and I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then um, I thought, you know, everyone does this whole, you know, renaissance thing, but what about, like, a more modern take on a princess? And you, you've, of course, got, oh, it's this guy who's stuck in old town uh-huh and he asked for her cell phone number at the end <laughs> right like he's just totally like that uptight guy with the parents who are super stiff and boring and so i, I was like well and then there's modern princess who's like what the hell right <laughs> well that's that's kind of typical for a girl to be like why are you why are you talking to me this is this isn't normal yeah <laughs> at least that's, that's where i'm coming from yeah, I, I like this kind of interaction. Honestly, I do. It's like this old-style chivalrous character comes out of nowhere, and you got a modern-time character like, don't you belong in a nut house or something? Right, right. You shouldn't offer to bring people there. Yeah, it's like two time periods clashing together head-on. Right, it's just like a more extreme version of that, that person at school you know who has really old parents and is just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I love the Harry Potter reference. I mean the the Perry Perry uh, <laughs> Trotter. It's Libby Davis as Jenny. Oh, this that's right. <laughs> so, and I thought she did a really good job. Oh yeah, all the all the actors in this in this episode were really good. And this is Cat Pride coming in as the as the guard. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was fun to think of you know comm links and all this modern technology. Yeah. With yeah. Makes her sound like a secret agent. Right. Which is like my favorite thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, real quick, Susan, you said you wrote this in one sitting. How long did it take you to write it? Um, I I wrote the bulk of it over a lunch break. Hmm. But but then um, the thing at the end with the invasion, I added that after um, revisions. Um, actually, after Jeffrey saw it and he was like, "I'm bored. Add something else." <laughs> I mean, we do this a lot with each other. We're like, "Oh my god, this part of the script is so boring," and so we do that. That's so, nice. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wish we had twist. Colin to talk about. The shorts here, because he he wrote these, right? Uh, the rapper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I really believe really anything to say about and it. stuff, so he probably, you know. This is true. He was coming to L.A. and he's here now. Mm-hmm. I have seen him. He is actually here. <laughs> I oh, can so Mr. so Mr. Billy the Kid is in California right now. Yes. Sorry about that. For those of you who are wondering why I call him that. My first seminar short I wrote was uh, the Good Samaritan, the Western, mm-hmm. and he and he played the character of William, who later on at the end you found out was really Billy the Kid. Oh, yeah. So that's my nickname for him. I see. Indeed. Oh, and we have um, um, Emma Boyer Warner coming back as the uh, 
the instructor for this bit. Right. And Mike Winters before for the other flashback. You know, this German guy reminds me of a Marvel supervillain. Which... Just uh, any Marvel supervillain or just yeah, one in particular? A typical Marvel supervillain you'd oh, see okay. in a Captain America cartoon. All oh, right, yeah, there you go. You know, like when he's still in the 1940s and not yet in modern times. Mm-hmm. disabled the instructor, then who was I in class with? And what are you? <clears throat> of course, the first time I heard that character, I thought, wait a minute, that almost sounds like Fearless Leader from Rocky and Bullwinkle, but now he just reminds me of a bad guy from a Captain America short or something. It makes sense. What are you if Klaus disabled the instructor? I am a backup. When the central matrix was removed, I was activated. I need your help to stop him. Uh, how exactly? Okay, and here's the weird part of this conversation. <laughs> you are the most promising student. Klaus will destroy this facility if he has his way. A personality template has been loaded to replace you in class. Why should I help you? Klaus is right. Yeah, why should he help you the computer? The best job educating me so far. It's a good question. Well, would you want a, uh, a crazed German guy running around running everything? Last Those time crazy that happened. Germans <laughs> can't trust the last, them. Yeah, last time they were putting. Yeah, last time that happened, we ended up having World War Two. So there you go. So that's why he should help him. Help the that computer. That is acceptable. Your mind will interact with my matrix, allowing us to communicate more efficiently. Your body will be. Strong. This uh, <laughs> that bit reminds me of a uh, previous show that we had in Pendant. Where two people were merged together, organic and mechanical. Okay, oh. now right here, right here, he sounds like he was drowning. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the point. And you'll find out next episode what happened. That was an awesome voice. Do it all the time. <laughs> Who knows what evil looks in the hearts of men? Paul Brueggemann knows. <laughs> I don't have a clue what you're talking about, so... Of course not. Uh, you're making me feel older than I You're far too am. young to know what he's talking about, Paul. It's okay. Oh, I know the shadow. I know the shadow. Oh. I know the shadow. This is a joke I make all the time, and you should learn it too. You just say, I'm not old enough to know what you're talking about. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking I'm too young. Yeah, see? <laughs> I caught on. <laughs> I'm helping you out here, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, amazingly, I can't believe the episode's already over with. That seemed too short, in my taste. We're just chatting. We're having a good time. That's what these are. That's what comedy the people are. What they want. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. Just, I still think the episode felt too short, though. That was, you know, just my opinion. Super job, Paul, as usual. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Love good you. job. Ah. Give yourself a pat on the back, but not too hard. Yeah, I can't reach my back right now. Seminar theme by Vincent Morrison. Produced. Green tea's good. 
I just had my wine, so I'm good. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just drinking a bottle of water. <laughs> I believe oh, okay. I win. <laughs> yeah, you win. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to lose weight, so. I just made a cup of Jawa juice the other night. Wow. Jawa yeah. juice? Like from Star Wars? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I got to do that. Well, why would you take a dra- Jawa and squeeze them until he... Ew. Yeah, you, you didn't have to go there. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining the commentary uh, for seminar this time. Join us in how many? Two months? Yes. For the next episode. Yay. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. So long. <laughs>